we have news of Stephen Kenny who has re- called in reinforcements into his beleaguered Republic of Ireland squad of course we all remember the likes of Seamus Coleman Harry Arthur James McCarthy John Egan uh, Callum Robinson as well as Shane Long all were unavailable for Stephen Kenny's side in their 3-0 Thursday night friendly defeat by England well it's the players that he has brought in um, let me just get them for you now one player who's quite unfortunate not to get into the original squad was uh, J- Josh Cullen of Anderlecht the former West Ham United midfielder joined the Belgian club just last month under 21 start Jason Knight who has been very impressive for Derby County in what has been a poor season for them so far he has been called up from the under 21s to the senior setup with Daryl Lenehan of Blackburn Rovers also providing further defensive options with Kieran Clark as well of Newcastle United being called up with Jack Byrne and Ryan Manning also being uh, called up to the senior squad during the week well it does look like they need extra reinforcements we've discussed as well the rotten luck of Stephen Kenny I don't think there has been a professional manager who has had such an unfortunate beginning to his stint at such an important job do you think Jimmy I'm, I'm joined in the studio by Jimmy Blake and Jack McDonald Jimmy, if I can go to you first, do you think we should be cutting Stephen Kenny an awful lot of slack here? That game on Thursday night was difficult viewing. There were, and I'm really, really nauseated every time I say this, and it's become such a cliche, but there were some green shoots, there were some positive aspects of it. Or is this all becoming a tired and sad project of a man who's out of his depth? <laughs> I remember... Uh the end of last season when Leeds United got promoted and I says potential top four finishes and you laughed. <laughs> we and, and we're still laughing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to kick me on him down. Look, there was some green shoots uh, certainly uh, the other night. I thought at times they played very, very well and uh, I admire him for what he's doing in bringing fringe players into the squad giving them the opportunity to express themselves and that's what they're doing they're playing football something we haven't seen from an Irish uh, team in years I think he's the first manager in my opinion since Johnny Giles to allow a team to play football and uh, I think the future is good I think we, we should be you know looking for his head uh, anytime soon and that we have a crop of young players breaking through and the future is, is good and I think he's the man that, that will guide those players to good and great things Jack what were your thoughts on Thursday night's game I don't really particularly want to dwell on it too much just for you know the nation's mood uh, there is a bigger game against Wales tomorrow was it just a situation that it was unfortunate due to Covid that we had to cancel an easy friendly against New Zealand and play near neighbours and what is looking like one of the strongest teams in the world right now in Gareth Southgate's England and take that really embarrassing humbling defeat yeah, this is a multi-multi-billion pound team versus lads that are on you know way, way less. We have not developed the infrastructure correctly over the past 20 years. Jimmy will you know, he'll tell you that the, the, you know, there are major cracks amongst the FAI, but hopefully amongst the next 10 to 15 years, those things can be corrected. I think there's an interesting point that he brought up with Stephen Kenny. You know, perhaps this is sending a message to the underage teams. You know, everything from, uh, I just went back with the under-18s yesterday, Everything from those to, you know, under sixes, under sevens, that now Ireland does play football. So this could be a positive, but if Kenny keeps turning around these results, there's only a certain amount of positives that we can draw, green shoots as you put them, and otherwise we will be calling for his head. 
is that a bit harsh uh, in some respect, Jack? You know, we we know that this is a long-term project. We know we're not going to get results straight away. And unfortunately, it's been a situation where he's had most of his key players ruled out before he could even uh, kick a ball in all three of the rounds of international games so far. You know, it's been so long since we've seen Aaron Connolly actually play confidently and play in a full setup for Ireland. Is it now a situation where uh, if we don't get that win against Wales, we will actually all be very, very frustrated and the Irish footballing public will turn nasty? Well, I think there's two sides to that. Certainly, we should give them some leverage and you know some time. However, if we do that, you know, for too long, we could bleed out before we get to see this you know you know new kind of Dutch-inspired team. So I think there's room for both. But uh, you know, there was slop- there was two sloppy goals given away. We've seen uh, Roy Keane definitely didn't spare any kind of uh, sympathy for the team. It's three 0 which we could have. It could have been a lot worse if you look at the team that lined up. Like for like, it's um, you know, it was it was always going to be a challenge. Harry Maguire, Sancho, Calvert Lewin versus you know uh, Brown and Horahan and, and Hendrick. They're talented players, but there is a gulf in skill here. Just how impressive, Jimmy? What was Jack Grealish in that? Well, sixty minutes well, he was it, given by Gareth Southgate. Just to go back on the point that uh, Jack. Uh, it's made uh, with regards to losing confidence and I think that's what you're but uh, I, I agree with that human nature as it is if you know the results aren't coming the way that the fans will start to get on his back and that and on the FAI's back and without the fans support you, you're lost and that will happen uh, if results you know don't start going our way but I believe that it should be given time you know to build a squad a couple of seasons uh, Jack Reedish had very little opposition you know he shone well against a very poor Irish team so you know I don't think Jack Reedish is a world beater you probably wouldn't see Jack Reedish in the you know if Germany and England were playing I don't think he'd start uh, is he that good I don't believe he is uh, he's in product is not as great for me as you know a lot of people uh, make him out to be He's a great ball carrier, but his in-product is not what I want to see in a footballer. Moving ahead to the Wales game tomorrow evening is kicking off at five o'clock. It's not exactly a crucial game in the UEFA Nations League. We do know Wednesday's game against Bulgaria is going to be that old relegation six-pointer. We win in Dublin. We are safe in in our grouping. Do you think we will be seeing a tactical surprise or maybe even squad selection surprises? Because the last day, Cyrus Christie at right back, I'm not convinced he's an international quality player. I was impressed by Kevin Long when he came on. Dara O'Shea seems to have something no other Irish centre-back has ever had. Versatility and the ability to play with the ball at his feet. And the likes of Ryan Manning is there. Matt Doherty in his best position. Could you see... Uh, what kind of side would Stephen Kenny put out, Jack? Well, I think there's one thing that me and Jimmy can agree on, which is that this league as a whole is a shambles. But if we, you know, when we first kind of brought it up, we said as long as we don't, you know, kind of go below Finland and Bulgaria, currently we're third with Finland and Wales above us and Bulgaria below us. It would be just humiliating to have Finland and Bulgaria. These guys are not even, you know, close to our level of skill. Finland bet France during the week. 
yes, but it was a it was a weakened French. It was a weakened French team. Um, and so back to your original point, I think the Wales game can show us something. But as long as we you know maintain above Bulgaria, it goes back to Jimmy's point. You know we have room to change and to grow here. But if we're losing to farmers and to, you know to a bunch of people who are not you know are at our level, then there will be calls for people's heads. Do you think that is the, I suppose, the, the moment, the crescendo for Stephen Kenny? If we do not pick up a win in the next two games, then we will all be asking some serious questions. Well, if we're relegated, there's no question about it. There's, there certainly will be questions raised. Now, certainly not from me and that, but I think from the general public, you know, the fans that have supported Ireland, uh, travel abroad and the good days and the bad times with them those are the people that I feel sorry for but you also have to have a bit of belief and a bit of trust it's alright bringing a manager in and you know first season oh things aren't going right you know start shouting and chanting he's got to go he's got to go you've got to give him time give him a couple of years maybe two three years to you know bring the players that like Stephen Kenny knows the younger players the under 21s he's been with them for quite some time he knows the talent that's out there and I was listening to an interview with him on RT there a couple of days back and he's quite confident that you know a couple of games under these kids belt that he will get a formation what we don't have is an out and out striker he believes that in that bunch that there is he believes that Aaron Connolly is that number nine no that's what I would yeah no. I don't think so either like I I know he has played in that position for Brighton and Hove Albion in the Premier League but he's always had always had Neil Mope Trossard somebody very mm. close to him he's far too small in stature to try and lead the line at international level you do and I think we are going to miss David McGoldrick and it's highly unfortunate he only ever played 12 14 times for this country but who is that man who will be our main number nine? Is it going to be Connolly, Troy Parrish, Jonathan Afolabi? These are some of the Republic of Ireland under-21 players that are, are in action tomorrow. Well, it really makes you appreciate Roy Keane and Richard Dunn and all those guys. They weren't brilliant foot; they weren't uh, beautiful footballers, but they were effective. And so it's it's certainly a balance. Personally, you know, I'm not scouring. I'm certainly not to the level Jimmy is. I'm not scouring the kind of under twenty ones or or under eighteens. But I would say there has to be amongst this nation of five million, there has to be someone out there that can you know deliver the goods. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Certainly, uh, that's point I made with regards to giving them time to discover that uh, one by the time but I think Troy Parrish is one that we can you know uh, have a bit of belief in he's playing with a team that uh, is well known for being one of the hardest clubs in in English football Millwall and that on and off the, the pitch so he's going to get a good apprenticeship uh, with a club there and s- certainly he has the physique mm. you know to be an out-and-out striker but we need more than one and uh, I think Kinney has uh, belief that there are people there that he can bring forward but the one thing that I, I totally disagree with is bringing players in and playing them out of position I, I don't think that works at any level of football Looking at the Irish squad available is there an argument to, to be made for 
bringing in a big man. James Collins is scoring goals for fun with Luton Town. I know it's not the desired level that we'd be looking at, but he knows where the back of the well, net look, is. James, like, the championship is not an easy place to get out of, and as a Leeds United supporter, I know all about it. And that, I mean, I suffered under you and other presenters for quite some time. So, yeah. And the presenters suffer too. Yeah. <laughs> but look, even he's a big lad, he's a strong lad, and he scores goals, but there's a big gulf between club football and international football I, I remember uh, FIFA referee I was working with him at a match and it was one of my first matches and he said to me he says at this level international level he says the start he says at 150 miles an hour and he says midway through they just bring it down a couple of levels and he says the finish out he says at 200 miles an hour so what he was explaining to me I had to be prepared for that and uh, it's the same like uh, club football is kind of at the same level you know from start to finish so, but international football has that ability to start you know to high intensity and then bring it down and then to build it up again and but I, I think Collins the question I, th- I think Collins has that ability to fit in he's big bulky he can push players easily around and that and I think it will be you know, an obvious choice against Wales. I think so too, because he has all those characteristics you're mentioning there, Jimmy. He's an awkward character. He's well over six foot. He knows how to use his head and he knows how mm-hmm. to bring players into play as well with his link up. He's not technically gifted. He's no David McGoldrick. But there are examples in international football where the big man up top does wonders. Wales will be using Kiefer Moore. He's not exactly a Premier League star but he is a, an outlet for them and he has helped make their attacking trio tick. France in the World Cup, if you remember, they began with uh, Ousmane Dembele right in the middle with Mbappe uh, playing on the wing as well with him. They changed that out when they realised you can't play three wingers up top. They brought in Olivier Giroud. Unfashionable, unelegant, but was well able to make a nuisance of himself and bringing in the wide attacking pacey you, players you, into play. You don't have to be a ballerina to be a striker you know you can dance your way around in the middle of the park with a ball like Ronaldo Messi and that a striker's job you, you know if you go back to the good old days of football when a tackle meant that you know you, you took your leg and you put it in your pocket until you know you got seen to um, a striker's job role was to stand in around the 18 yard line and wait for the ball to, to come in he didn't have to be an excellent footballer his job was to score goals and Collins has that ability to do that. You need someone that's able to muscle and shove players. I don't mean to create a, a foul, but to muscle his way in around the box. And he has that ability. And that's what I really need to go back to. If you go back to the uh, Jack Charlton era, that's what Charlton was all about. You know, Stapleton had that ability to muscle and, you know, hurry players. So that's, that's what we need, and someone like Collins to, to do that. Were you as unimpressed as I think many of the people on, online were with Adam Ida? I think the commentary of Kenny Cunningham was patronising to an extent. Uh, Stephen Kenny's inclusion of him, I think maybe more his heart over his head. He doesn't seem to be up to the required level, isn't playing regularly enough with Norwich. He's been sent off as well, I think, in his most recent outing. And he showed in that game, I know it was tough, there was a three, three men at the back, he was leading the line, but we really should be looking for somebody else, at least in the meantime. What do you think, Jack? I think 
it's um, it goes back to kind of the heart of the conversation we've been having. If we want to push forward and progress, we need to be careful about the choices that are made. You know, because if you put people out of their depth, then it puts the whole system in jeopardy a little bit. I mean, it's so clear that that uh, that number nine role needs to be filled and filled quickly. I would say that Kenny does run the risk, and I know Jimmy, you're you're quite a fan. He runs the risk of being an ideological Puritan in that he's so convinced, it appears to me at least, by the kind of Dutch-Spanish form of football, the tiki-taka, the more uh, hands-on with the ball rather than the Jack Charlton, that he doesn't understand that perhaps the Irish strength for the past 40, 50 years has been the more physical. It's why GAA, you know, GAA, there's very few lads kind of throwing themselves down on the ground looking for a foul. So I think, you know, perhaps he needs to be aware of that, that, you know, you can bring in these very talented technical footballers but there also needs to be some physicality especially up top the downside of that Jack is you know go back to the Charlton era that was you were come to the end of physicality being allowed on a football pitch because the laws have been changed and tinker with so much over the years and that that it was more or less designed to bring in the type of football that you're talking about the judge the Spanish the samba football you know uh, FIFA decided, going back to the end of the Charlton era, that by implementing the laws, thinking about them a little bit, uh, the handball, the offside, you know, the tackle from behind and all that type of thing, that it was going to make it more... Uh, how's, what's appealing. The word? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say... Uh, well, probably I'd make it more appealing to see the ball being tipped around, you know, like the Brazilian type, South mm. American football and that. But I, I don't think it has worked, to be quite honest uh, with you, mm. because you mentioned there the GEA players uh, not rolling around, uh, looking at the rugby match last night, seeing one of the Welsh players and the blood streaming <laughs> out, streaming down his face. Like, you know, you, you sneeze on a soccer pitch, you know, and mm. he's rolling over. And I, I, I can't recall what game I was watching. Uh, it's, it's while back and the player went down but he, he actually uh, I just cannot understand how from a lying position he could come up about four or five foot in the air <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I thought to myself if that guy stood at his feet and you know he'd win the gold medal in the Olympics <laughs> but this FIFA has made a huge problem for themselves with regards the laws of the game and the tinkering with it and that and it hasn't uh, done much for football for me yeah, it hasn't exactly improved the spectacle, but the precedent is there in an Irish jersey. Niall Quinn was that man for Charlton for many years, hugely successful in his position. Is it a, a situation where we're just also missing the creative spark in midfield? It looked at times like Conor Hurahan, who has certainly been out of favour at Aston Villa since the introduction of Ross Barkley to the side, looked like he was really out of form. Jason Mullumby, on the other, other hand, he came in, looked energetic, was really positive with his passing and that was a major key difference. The only player really to take the ball on and go forward as opposed to continuing with these sideways passing back to uh, the left back, to the right back, to the defensive midfielder. Look, as as I said previous, uh, I don't blame the managers for you know, the the players that... But do you blame Conor Horahan for having... A terrible performance. I don't blame Conor Horn. You know, if you're not getting regular club football, it's very hard to step up to international level and that. And the choices then that Kenny had to make, you know, what other choices did he have? 
and that uh, I always believe you're better to bring someone in that's playing constant football whether it's in League 1 or League 2 you know I thought uh, Darren Horgan had a fairly good game he's playing with Wickham Wanderers not a team that is going to win the Champions League in the very near future but you know I've said this on numerous occasions with regards to uh, FIFA they've taken away a lot out of the game the fans pleasure and you know, the, the, for me, the, the way the game should be played. You know, you go back to, now I mentioned Leeds and this uh, Norman Hunter, there's a great story about him. Uh, he, was, he had a nickname, Bite Your Leg Off. But it was a, it was a great story about him. I, and that was the story, I don't know whether there's any truth in it. He, and actually, Johnny Giles told me this, he was the first to tell me this. Uh, after a game on a Saturday, <coughs> he, was, <coughs> excuse me, he was late coming home and uh, his wife was <coughs> setting the kids in bed. And he shouted up to his wife, I'm sorry, love, he says, I'm late. And she says, uh, are you OK? Yeah, I broke a leg. And she shouted down, who's? No, he actually had broken his leg. <laughs> she, she shouted down, who's? <laughs> this, this could be something that we could see in the Ireland Wills game. It was uh, the same fixture. Well, look, I was in Lansdowne Road the night that Seamus uh, Coleman. I wasn't far yeah, from. That's right, I was going to say. Lansdowne. And strangely enough, the last, uh, I was talking to Aidan on the grapevine, Thursday about it. The last international I had prior to that, and I swore never again, was '95. Uh, <coughs> that infamous night in Lansdowne Road, the England Ireland uh, mm. game. But uh, at least it was a, a lot quieter in Wembley Stadium Thursday night. Yeah, well, it, it was. Look, it's a couple of minus morons. It's you know, I, I've I've been to Scotland. Uh, to some matches, I remember going into a pub, Cleveland, and I discussed this with Aidan. You know about fans. Uh, a pub called the Lowler that was featured in a programme called the Hardest Pubs in Britain and you uh, the, the Lowder pub I can't name the street it's on but you cross over you're in a street called Gallagher Street you'd actually think you were in Dublin with the flags it's a Celtic street but when you're coming past the Lowder you're coming from Celtic Park so the windows are all smashed up <laughs> all the windows are bored but remember uh, a colleague of mine, Mick Walsh, who decided to go in for a drink. Mick was that type of a fella. I, I was pretty nervous, to be honest with you. It went in anyways, and there was a couple of lads playing pool. And it <coughs> called for two pints of lager. And a chap came up to the bar, and uh, he says, are you up for the match? And he says, yeah. And he could have picked a better game. He could be five or six nil. It was seven nil. They said to a play in Dunfermline. Mm-hmm. Um, we went back to it after the game was over. Now, the pool table was gone. There was tables right over. And the atmosphere and these were hardcore Rangers supporters but the atmosphere and the crack with them was it was just out of this world but one bloke said to me he says I can't be a bigot for an hour and a half <laughs> and he says as soon as the game is over he says get on with life it's a, it's a decent philosophy yeah. to have you know I suppose it's an hour and a half less than, less than other people uh, looking ahead to that Welsh game tomorrow Jack we I don't believe there is going to be any Gareth Bale I'm not sure he, if he's involved in the selection but Wales have been rocked by the lack of a manager Ryan Giggs of course is uh, looking like he could lose his job uh, as the manager of the Welsh national football team he never really wanted to play for them when he was a player due to Sir Alex Ferguson's relationship with international football now it looks like it, uh, his own off the field antics has cost him a dream job yeah, um, it's uh, it's certainly unlike Ryan Giggs to get into controversy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry, you, you don't remember what happened with his sister-in-law, do you? That's what I was alluding to, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. If the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland are listening, um, okay. So Wales play, play Ireland tomorrow at five o'clock. Uh, now their manager, of course, in jeopardy. Wales are top of the group with ten points. Finland are on nine. Ireland down almost rock bottom two, and then Bulgaria below us with one. This game has some significance, as you say, Kevin, because it would be nice as a kind of a, a level of national pride, I suppose. We can't, you know, Great Britain can't get too over on us. Um, certainly, the Wales team are within the realm of the English team. They're very, very skilled people playing at the, the highest, highest level. We could be, ben- as you say, we could be- benefit from uh, what seems like an absence of Gareth Bale, but they're st- still a very, very strong team. As to, as to the r- whole Ryan Giggs fiasco, I can't necessarily necessarily comment but I would assume just you know from dressing rooms and stuff like that it's not going to be particularly a positive thing you know um, kind of all that speculation all the papers waiting around the place it's, it's not going to be a good thing so it could play in our favour I can't disagree with saying it's very <laughs> diplomatic is someone up uh, of Ryan Giggs and uh, you know I can't add any word to what Jack has said look it's a huge game of importance tomorrow and if we win this we can sit back and relax and we can you know hail to the Lord King Kenny you know so like, it's a huge game as you said but if things go wrong we still have Bulgaria you know we can put the celebrations on old and uh, we can forget about the COVID for uh, an hour and a half. Exactly. And uh, I suppose that all-important game against Bulgaria, that is I suppose, one to keep an eye out for. In terms of a, a negative result, tomorrow could see us still avoid relegation with a, a win against Bulgaria in Dublin on Wednesday. Well, the Irish under-21 team, the former side managed by Stephen Kenny just a, a few short months ago, is currently being uh, managed by Jim Crawford. They are playing a crucial game in their hopes of qualifying for the first ever Euro 2021 uh, tournament for Ireland. They're playing against Iceland tomorrow. Two games, two wins would see them qualify. How much of an achievement would that be for Irish underage football to finally get to that hurdle, get over that hurdle and play at a European competition, Jimmy? Well, let's look, we have been there or thereabouts always, uh, you know, underage level. We have won competitions at that level. But so, we've never gotten to the European Championships at under-21 level. No, we haven't. It's, 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 in fairness to the underage uh, setup, it's a very, very good setup. I, I've seen it at first hand within the FAI. And, uh, you know, I know, like, and I want to revisit uh, the old ways the FAI went about the business, the Delaney and what happened. You know, we've already done that. But... Delaney uh, but uh, an infrastructure in place come back some years ago for where it all begins at grassroots level right up to senior level and that and I think the the seeds are beginning to, to grow now with what he has done and you see a lot more uh, would say the youth teams coming through on the 17 international on the 18s uh, I've been involved in quite a few of them various tournaments that they were uh, playing in and uh, I've seen for myself the infrastructure and the work that's put in to it and there's an awful lot of work you know involved in it and I think uh, at that level we are in a good place and that's why I say give Kenny that little bit of time to develop those players and to bring them through I think we probably win tomorrow 
I really hope so too and I think Stephen Kenny does also so that is at least a stay of ex- execution from the CRC FM studios for uh, the boss man himself Stephen <laughs> Kenny we are going to go to an ad break and after this uh, I'll be talking to Michael Kelly for the Mayo GA talk shop my thanks to Jimmy and for Jack for joining us <laughs> 